Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 138. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with Geronimo of the band The Darling Fire. Um, These guys definitely need to be on your radar. They are an incredible band doing some really cool, um, kind of experimental, but not in an overly like artsy way or a way that's off-putting to casual listeners or anything like that. They're just kind of experimenting with their sound and they're really, I think, taking steps in the right direction now to make some major waves. Um, And yeah, we had a great time talking in this conversation about the new album Distortions that just recently dropped via Iodine Records. Um, So you can go check that out on, you know, Spotify or any of the streaming services that you prefer to use. And um, yeah, we talked a lot about kind of the writing process for it, you know, trying to record during COVID and all of that fun bullshit that everybody had to deal with. Um, And, you know, I just think that this is a, uh, a band, like I said, that needs to be on your radar because, it's not going to take long for them to start getting more and more recognition and um, be one of the bands that people are going to start asking you like, Hey, have you heard the new song from the Darling Fire? You know, have you checked out this album? So put them on your radar now. Uh, And for now, let's just dive into this conversation with Geronimo of the band, the Darling Fire. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah, so to kick things off, I do start with the same boring-ass question every time. Okay. That's a simple introduction. Who are you? What do you do in the band? And just like a little background on everything. Cool. Okay. Um, my name is Geronimo. I play uh, guitar in The Darling Fire. And uh, we've been doing this now for about five years now. This band's been together and getting back from COVID and getting into playing shows again and just happy to be playing music again, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's definitely something that, you know, is a pretty common theme on the podcast, obviously, recently, um, is, you know, that feeling of, you know, you guys were one of those bands that really were getting your feet under you, starting to get traction, like, momentum was building, and then COVID hit, and it was like, oh, cool, fuck off, I'm going to sit at home for two years now. (laughs) Yeah, um, I mean, it it wasn't, I mean, I mean... Yeah, it, it, it sucked. And, uh, but, I, you know, in, in a way, I mean, the, the things that happened during COVID, you know, we got to write this other album. I mean, it gave us time to sit and write this other album, which probably we wouldn't have had the time to do it, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, it, t- it gave us time to, to grow the music a little bit to really find where we wanted to go. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, it sucked, you know, we couldn't play shows and stuff, but, you know, in a way, you know, it, it, it probably was the best thing for us, I think. Yeah. 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 I, I see both sides of it, right? Like obviously as a music fan, it sucks because it was cool. We're all, you know, locked in houses and can't do anything uh, that we love doing. But at the same time, like the industry side of me, the music journalist side of me is going, like you just said, like, yeah, it sucks. Some of these bands have not stopped touring for three, four five years and they've tried to write on the road. Now you've got time to sit and like really hone in on what you want this this evolution to be. Or like in you guys' case, not that not that you're a uh, overly produced band at all, but it gave you a chance to sit and really say like sonically, what do we want this album to be? Yeah, I mean, we got to sit with the last album for a while, obviously, and so we, you know, I, and, and it, it's weird because we were. For me, for me anyway, I'm always writing. So even when Dark Celebration was done, I was always writing. So um, so the songs were already evolving during Dark Celebration. Things were already starting to change and shift and, and seeing how far we could kind of push the envelope with stuff. And, you know, with COVID, it, it just gave us the time to really experiment and really go in there. And uh, so, it, you know, it, it's it was very organic the way things happen, you know, it, it just, I guess with time, anything, you know, just, just let, you know, let, let the muffins bake or whatever, right. you know, I don't know the right analogy for that, but you know, it's just, it kind of just, 
things just flowed in a certain way and 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 that time allowed us to you know really find the groove so yeah yeah, yeah. um so let's talk a little bit about for people that maybe aren't familiar with you guys yet because you know five years is a long time but also in the music industry it's not really a long time talk about kind of this formation and kind of the way that you guys are bringing different pieces of the puzzle to this project? Um, well, you know, uh, so the band consists of me, um, my wife, Jolie Lindholm is a singer. And uh, so we were in a band together called the Rock and Roll Winter back in the late nineties, early two thousands time, time frame. And uh, Steve Kleiss, our drummer was in Furthest from Shriver, is in Furthest from Shriver. Um, so, I guess, you know, and I had stopped playing music for a very long time since from when Rock and Rose broke up, I pretty much sold all my stuff and just like, you know what, I can't do it. I can't. Right. But the thing, well, the thing, the thing that sucked for me was that it, being in a band with those guys, we were in Astron's Rust together. We, we were, we started Astron's Rust. We did, then we switched over and started doing Rock and Rose Winter. And I basically grew up playing music with those guys. You know, they were my best friends. So for me to have everything end at that point, when Rockiners broke up, I didn't know how to get back in a band with, especially people that aren't my friends. Right. You know, like I just did not, my brain could not figure out how to, okay, how do I play with new people that I've never played with before? Or I don't have this connection that I've had with them for years. You know, like yeah. I literally grew up with them playing music. Um, so I, after that, I stopped completely from 2003 till 2018. I, that's when I started, my wife started taking guitar lessons and I was like, hmm. I kind of, yeah, I mean, pick up the bass again, start noodling around and stuff. So, you know, that's, that's, that was the very beginning of the Darling Fire. Me and my wife, you know, started messing around with some stuff. And then we asked Steve to join. Um, we've known Steve for a very long time from back in the South Florida music scene. Um, so, uh, you know, Steve, you know, brings his background. I mean, he, of course, he was in Strong Arm. He was in Shia Lude. He was in, you know, he was in some really great, amazing, legendary bands from the time. Um, and uh, and we came, me and Jolie come from this. I mean, we Astron's Rust was heavy. It was a more hardcore band, but at Rock and Roll Winter was very. You know, we were soft band. Although we were on EVR, we were very. We were a soft band compared to right. Converge and, and you know Coheed and all, you know all those bands that were on there back then. Um, so you know, we we bring. I think we bring this kind of softness to the. I mean, I, I love hardcore and I've been into that. I, I I love heavy music. I don't really not listen to anything that's not heavy. I don't, right. I think it's just weird. It's like everything I had listened to has got to have some type of bite to it. Um, so, you know, Steve brings his, his style and his influences. Greg, Greg's a big Jesus Lizard fan. I mean, his bass lines are, are, are rocking. But he, he, you know, everyone brings their little mix into this. And when I'm done writing a song, I'll give it to Jolie and it changes. And I give it to Steve and it changes again. And then Greg does it, it changes again. I give it to my guitar player, changes again. So by the time the song's done, it's nothing from what I had envisioned it to be, you know? Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's cool. Sometimes, most of the time it's cool, you know? Other times it's just like a pleasant surprise or just like a happy accident that just happened. Um, so yeah, everyone brings their, their own mix and it, and it works out really cool. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that's kind of the point I was trying to make is, you know, that you guys are all from these very established backgrounds. You know, it's not a, this wasn't a, an accident of like, oh, you know, these are just random people getting together. This was kind of not necessarily thought out in the sense that you knew, okay, we're specifically going after these people. But right. once that formation kind of happened, it's like, you know, we've kind of built a, a super group of sorts here and this is what we could do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird to hear that, 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 I mean, when, when Jolie and I first started this, like that was not like the, that was the furthest thing from our right. mind of like Steve, Oh shit. You know, Steve's from first strong arm, Steve from Shia, you know, and that's not, Steve was our friend, you know, Steve right. was somebody that we've known for, you know, since mid nineties, you know, and that was it. So like, who do we know that, that we love their drumming and that super excited to play music, Steve. So, you know, and then the band started coming together and then we started seeing this like super group label and it's like, ah, you know, it's like, ah, not, I mean, no, <laughs> you know, right. it's just a weird thing to like, you know, to hear, you know, especially coming to me, I hadn't played music for so long. It's not like I've been like touring in bands for the past like decade, you know? Right. So, yeah. 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 
No, I th- I just I think it's cool, and especially for you know new listeners to the Darling Fire that maybe don't know you guys' backgrounds. I think it would be interesting for them. You know, we've already kind of plugged them uh, to go and check out all of your past projects and see. Like, it's very clear to me, having listened to a lot of the other works that you guys have done, um, to see those little influences that you're talking about. Where like, oh. That kind of sounds like this from from you know, further seems forever. Or this kind of sounds like something from yeah. as friends rust. And it's it's this really cool like amalgamation, but it's also very uniquely new, and not this. Oh, we know the blueprint. We're just going to copy that thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's just you know I I again like I. I I'm very stuck in like what I what I really like to listen to. I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I hate to say, it, but I don't really listen to very much new music. I just, I just don't. Right. I, you know what I mean? Like, I stick. I, I grew up listening to like post hardcore, quicksand. You know, Jets of Brazil. You know, uh, that that type. Of, so that's kind of like where I draw my influences from 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 that. So, so um, wow, I just like rambled on and I totally forgot the question. I'm sorry. No, you're totally fine. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't totally even know if there really my, was a question in that part. I lost my place. All good, all good. No, I think, um, you know, I, I want people to go back and obviously lif- listen to the debut album before getting yeah. into to this because mm. you guys aren't, you're not a conceptual band in the sense of like a coheed, right? Like it's not necessarily this grand overarching story that you're trying to tell and everything, but there definitely are some like callbacks from the first album into the second album. I mean, maybe, I mean, it was never, you know, people can hear that, but it was never obvious. It was never intentional on our part. I guess it just, it stems from kind of the same guitar player writing the music, you know? So it's, it's, that's probably, I mean, I tell you the truth, I only know like five chords, so it's kind of hard <laughs> not to have some call, you know. <laughs> so that's fair. I, you, you know, so uh, I'm not, I'm not a a, a a classically trained musician by any sense of the word, any sense of the word. So, um, I maybe, you know, may, maybe, you know, uh, um, so yeah, that's cool that you hear that. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's dive in a little bit to the album side of this. Uh, for people that aren't familiar with you guys, you're signed with Iodine Records. We've got a new album called Distortions coming out on September the 16th, which uh, this podcast will be going up, I believe, right around that same time. So this will be a really good segue into that for it. Um, so going into you know having the time, like you said, to sit down and truly write this record, what does that look like for you in the sense of like mentally being able to soak yourself into this record? Uh, I mean, we have, I mean, we wrote a lot of songs for this album, a lot of stuff that obviously didn't make it onto the album, but I mean, there's a song after that. I love to write music. So it's, I have just folders and folders full of ideas and songs. So it was nice to be able to sit and, and not have a time constraint really, and just be totally free and experiment experiment with jolie you know what do you think of this you know trying new things out with their vocals and you know and me like i'm also like i'm learning how to you know i record all our demos and stuff so learning that too and yeah the the you know the, the pre-production that i think when we went into recording this album i learned a lot you know recording ourselves and stuff and then taking that to jay moss and bringing him these demos that were pretty much almost finished, you know, obviously yeah. they sound nothing as good as anything that a real like professional would put out. But, you know, we had, we knew, I knew, you know, we knew how we wanted her vocals to sit. We knew that the, you know, the type of vibe we were going, we captured the essence in, in, in the demos, which was the most important thing. And really having the time to really find that essence in the songs and then bring that to the CD and be like, this is kind of what we're feeling. You know, yeah. and I think having that time really was cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I think you nailed it, though. Like, for any young band, any band, really, the demo is important in the sense of knowing what you want to accomplish. But very rarely should your demo be what the final, final project. Yeah, that'd be, be. boring. 
You know, it's like, I want to hear something different. I want to hear their take on it. You know, that's you hire a producer and you want them to produce, you know, and like, what's your vision on this? I'm excited because you're hearing stuff that I'm not going to hear, you know, and I'm open to that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially, you know, you brought him up already. So we'll, we'll dive into that part. Working with Jay, I mean, Jay's worked with people like Defeater, Title Fighter, or Title Fight, uh, Bane. Like, I mean, the dude's resume is insane. So for him to be able to sit and listen to your demo and then go, well, but what if we add this? Or, you know, I love you're it. in, yeah, you're in, in a <laughs> drop D. Maybe we should be in an E or whatever that looks yeah. like. It's It's refreshing to have someone with that much talent to look at your work yeah. and say, this is where we need to go. Yeah. I love ideas coming from producer. Like I, I love to me being in the studio is probably one of the, the best things about playing music is just having that time to sit there and play. And then a producer's eyes will light up be like, wow, let's try this. And we're all like, an, like we're like toddlers now in a playpen, like, you know, drooling and like moving knobs and doing stuff. And to me, that's just the most fun thing. And I have, you know, Jay being able to, to work with us and be into the album and into the songs was, you know, it was amazing. It was super fun. I loved it. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's, it's cool too, because obviously like I can hear it in your voice, like the excitement around building something that you're passionate about is key. Yeah. It's art. I mean, you, you, you put all this time into it and you want to, you know, like cultivate this thing and then to be able to, you know, at, at one point I did an interview a couple of days ago where they said the name of the songs back to me and I haven't heard anybody say names of the songs back to me. You know, it's like yeah. you give that to the world and you work on this and then, you know, you put a lot of time into it. And so you want everyone to be, you know, in the project to be excited about it. And, and Jay Moss was a huge, a huge part of that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, so let's talk a little bit about whether it's the demo state for you or going in uh, production wise, like the, I guess the feeling of, like you said, this is a piece of art that you're creating and allowing someone else, you've already said you're, you're open to this and you love this, but allowing someone else's brush to hit your painting, where does that take you, you know, from a, from an artist standpoint, I guess, do you put your walls up a little bit or is it just a, you know, if it sounds good, I don't care what his influence is. As long as, as long as it, it's, it keeps the essence of the song, you know, that to me is the most important thing is the emotional feeling that the song has when you hear it, anything else can be going on behind that. But as long as it doesn't disrupt that like little delicate, that little life that it has, you know, I, I'm open to everything. The second it starts, you know, teetering on something else that I, you know, I, I'm open. I'm open to an extent as long as it right. doesn't like crush that little life force inside the song. You know, yeah. so that that that's my that's where I draw my wall right there. But yeah. you know, it, it it'll take a lot to get there before I'm like, uh, no, you know. Yeah. So working with your wife now on these vocals and you know, with you being the primary songwriter, do you think it's something that's always been interesting to me is when the vocalist isn't the primary lyricist, you know, helping them get in that mindset and things like that. Obviously you're, you guys are kind of walking the same path in this life. So is it easy for her to see where you're going with a lot of this stuff? Or is there like, you know, this is what I'm trying to get across or, you know, this is the story that we need to tell. Yeah, I mean, she writes all her own lyrics. She, she, okay. she. That part of the music is all hers. Like, I, I just do the music, and then you know, she'll put vocal on it, and then that'll you know inform me, and maybe I should be changing something to follow what she's doing. You know, so we, it's a back and forth that we have. Um, but the thing is, Jolie and I have been together since '99. Like, yeah. we we've been together a long time, so we have walked this life for together for a while. So we, we're kind of really in tune. She yeah. knows everything that I like. I know everything that she likes. You know, don't get me wrong. There's still disagreements on, you know, I don't like that part, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, but I worked on it all night, you know, like, you know, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it's easy, it's, it's easy, you know, we have fun doing it. And, and in a way, since we started this band, it, it really has brought us together in, in a different way. You know, we'd never written music together. We'd played in the same band together, Rock and Rose yeah. Winter, 
but we never really wrote music together. And and seeing all this come together, you know, being able to, you know, look at our band and being like, wow, you know, Mike is Mike is here, Steve's here. You know, the other night it was my, you know, I had my birthday and then we were all having dinner and stuff. And it was just cool to look around the table and see, it's like we started this in 20, and we had no idea what was gonna happen, right. you know? Yeah. And it was just really cool. So um, yeah, it's, it's great working on it with her and she does her thing and, and she kills it, yeah. Awesome. Um, so with her building lyrics and, you know, obviously the, the potential um, conflicts of themes, maybe, uh, is how I'm going to word this, because I think I know your answer, but I want to I want to see if I word it right. So, like, she comes in with, you know, whatever her lyric base is and you've got this song structure. How often do you guys go, you know what, those work better with this or, you know, maybe we need to move this this guitar riff or whatever over to this other song it happens all the time i mean it, it like i said it's like it's a it's definitely a back and forth between us i mean we we literally write the songs together at least the body of the songs you know and then obviously we'll give it to mike and he'll put his leads on and stuff you know or mike will tell us let's try this so he you know infuse ideas and stuff but jolie and i will write the body of the song but when we're in our lab together we're definitely going back and forth and things are constantly changing you know she'll She'll record a vocal and then she'll go to bed and then I'll spend all night moving that vocal to like a whole other part of the song that wasn't intended, you know, right. so I'm kind of like, I'm playing that, that you know, uh, remix guy at night and I'll show her in the morning. I'd be like, what do you think of this? And it's like, oh, that's cool. So it's, it's happening all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> the reason I ask that is because I think that shows the, the desire for growth within the songs and, and the to perfect the craft, if you will. Yeah, it's not, it's not about, to me, it's, it's about what fits the song the most. And it's not about any one part. It's like, what is, what is the song telling us to do? You know, is allowing the song to lead me, lead us, yeah. and instead of forcing it, you know? So oh, I'm open, you know, we're always doing that. Yeah, so. Uh, having been in the industry for as long as you have, uh, are there bands that you look at, like maybe look back at, or even look at now, I guess, that you're like, you know, if they just would have came out at a different time, where would they be? You know what I mean? Like for me, one of the bands that I, I'm like, man, if they would have came out 10 years later would they have been the same band, you know, and it's Blink-182. Like, if they wouldn't have came up at the same time, would they have ever popped the way that they popped? Are there bands mm -hmm. like that that you have in your mind that you're like, or even bands that you've been in where, like, man, if we just five years earlier or something would have hit? I mean, for me, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I'm listening to, like, you know, an old band or whatever, they fit a specific time frame where they just fit perfectly, you know? It's yeah. like that they bring these memories. So it's hard for me to envision uh, burning, well, I wonder what Burning Airlines would sound if they came out, it, you know? It, 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 they, those bands really fit a time back then where they just fit. And I, couldn't, I can't picture Quicksand of, of, the, of you know, the mid-90s mid coming out now. I, don't, I just don't know if people would get it. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. For me, everything's everything's like in a nice little box when I when I think about those bands and stuff. So yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. I think for me, maybe it's the journalist side of me that wonders that. You know what I mean? As a fan, I'm the same way as you. Like, especially the bands that I've made connections with, as far as like songs coming out at specific points in my life or whatever. Um, I'm definitely in the same boat as you, where like I don't want them to move somewhere else. So I, I can't say that I would like, you know, Newfound Glory if they were a 2020 pop band, you know, or whatever yeah, yeah. the case may be. So just an interesting thought, because, you know, again, with that, that longevity that you've had in this industry, um, even though this is a newer project, I think it's it's interesting. You've said, you know, already that, um, you know, you kind of have locked into what you like to listen to. But it's interesting to me because there's so much influence in your your music now as the Darling Fire where it feels like maybe, you know, that's obviously true for you, but like maybe there's something else that 
is subconsciously leaning into this exploration and this new edge of music? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think a big part of that is everyone's influences. And every. I think that's really what makes a lot of good, really good bands is when when the players come in and they bring their own point of view to the music, you know? And it's not, it's, it just gives it a, it just changes it, you know? Like I said before, like I'll write something and Jolie will change it and Mike yeah. will change it and then Steve will change it. And before you know, it's like this completely different thing. And it's, it, I, I think that's what that, I think that what makes a, a pretty decent song is and that's what makes it different to a lot of maybe a lot of stuff that's out there is that our 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 um, influences vary so widely, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for people, you know, again, I want people to go back and listen to the debut album before listening to this album. Uh, but for you, like, how much of a, a transition is this sound? You know, is this a it's not a reinvention from what I've heard, but is it a, we kind of see a different path that we want to start walking down a little bit? Yeah, I, I don't, reinvention, yeah, wouldn't be the, the right way. I, I, would, I would say it's probably maybe a, a growth, you know, so the, the bands are grown into a sound or whatever. Um, it's definitely different. It's definitely different. And for me, I mean, for me, listening to the old album, this album is like night and day. Yeah. you know it's it's it just is um but i just think it's it's just i think we always wanted to be here we just didn't quite know how to get there you know yeah. or we didn't have the time you know, we're still a young band you know and yeah. you know it's just like any band they 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 find their tone after a while you know and look covid was that that thing that kind of expedited the process of you know, allowing us to do that because we're really happy right now where we're at musically and the type of stuff that we're doing. So it's worked out. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And you guys have dropped a couple singles already um, with Machina and Clean Hands. Oh, I think I lost you. you froze and evolution if you will of yourself oh, I'm did sorry. i lose I, you for a second yeah 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 i lost all you good. for about, about 30 seconds maybe 20 yeah, seconds all good um so you guys have, have dropped a couple singles already uh machina and clean hands so one of the questions i do like to ask is especially for you guys where you're kind of evolving and growing the sound there's a lot of complexity in deciding on singles what's that process kind of like for you guys because like you don't necessarily want to pick something that is so far in the field compared to where you were at that you're alienating people. But at the same time, it's like, look at what we can do. Like there's more to us. <laughs> it's funny because when we, um, Machina was the first one that we released and we chose that one specifically on purpose because it was nothing like, you know, the stuff that we did, we were yeah. like, let's do that one, you know? Um, I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of crappy to say, but really, I mean, writing music is a selfish act. You know, like I'm writing it to please myself first and foremost. My bandmates, everyone has to have everyone in this band needs to have fun playing the music first and foremost. Yeah. You know, so if some fans don't like what we're doing, I mean, I, I can't do anything about that. You know, but, but uh, Machina was definitely that was the the idea. Let's let's release something that really does not sound anything like you know Dark Celebration um so yeah picking singles that was a fun one that that one was a fun one to pick and then i i guess it's just you know picking the singles is, is trying to show a little bit of what the album has that it's not it's not, not all machina you know right. there's aspects there's different aspects to this album uh, different feelings different you know different vibes so picking the, the right singles you know you want to show people a little bit of what the album has to offer you know yeah. um so that's kind of like the mindset for that. Yeah. So with this album, as we get, you know, closer to that September 16th date, um, kind of without getting in trouble with, with the label or anybody like that, what's kind of the vision for this album cycle as far as like, you know, music videos and the production that tours are going to include, things like that. Like, what's the vision for this? 
Yeah, we just shot a video um, like last week. Um, so releasing a video um, and, you know, we got Furnace Fest, we have Fest, we have our album release coming up. Um, and it's just getting on the road and touring and really pushing it and playing, get back to playing music live, you know? Um, we just started playing music again live. We did a, did a little run with uh, Anthony Green. We did four shows in Florida. And it was basically our first time getting back in two and a half years playing shows. So yeah. we like thrown right into the fire. And it was just so fun. It was the best thing ever. And we're just itching to get back out there to play again. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, you know, that's, that's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've said on the show a, a few times before where like, if you don't play music, you don't understand what a live show means. Like mm. as a fan, it's one thing, but to be on stage and be able to put out that energy and receive that energy is something else. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're reliving that feeling every night you play the song, you know? Um, I quit playing music to do, to do art and illustration for a long, for a long time. That's what I did. Um, so music playing these songs is basically drawing a picture every night and a really cool picture every night and reliving that over and over again. And, and it, what's really cool is when you're playing music with your band and other people and you're just interlocking and you're clicking with them on stage, nothing feels better than that, you know? Yeah. And, and we have a lot of fun on stage. Um, I hope people can see that when we play live. Um, but yeah, that's super fun. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned um, Furnace Fest and, and Fest coming up. Uh, for you, obviously festival gigs are so much different than club gigs or you know little little rooms or whatever is one better than the other for you as far as like your experience or the fan experience that they can receive from you you know what i mean um i haven't played a festival in a very <laughs> long time so yeah so that's not right not best. i know that i like playing clubs i like to play smaller venues at the more intimate it's it's just the atmosphere is a bit more controllable with the sound and yeah you know um, I mean I, I like having that control I know that how my stuff my stuff's gonna sound there's no backline I like my gear um, so I mean who knows I mean this might be awesome I mean I get, I hate the heat so I don't like playing during the day so that's yeah. kind of a bummer um, <laughs> so yeah I would say cl clubs are definitely more to my liking but yeah for sure I've not been to Furnace Fest I've had friends that have gone and it just you know, I went to work to her all the time and it was always on the hottest fucking day of the year. So like, I'm with you <laughs> on course. that. Like if yeah. I could just get the festival like experience, but can we just do it all at night so that yeah. we're not baking in the sun? That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. We played Warped Tour. Rock and Earth played Warped Tour. I don't know when it was like 99, I don't know, 2001 or something. And it was just so hot. It was so brutal. We did three dates. And, you know, by the time we were done, I'm like, it's better to say that you've played Warped Tour than actually play Warped Tour. Right. You know, <laughs> it was just so hot. I mean, the highlight was Jimmy World. We got to see Jimmy World. They were on, on, on that tour. And yeah. it was awesome. But, yeah, it outside, no fun. No, no, I <laughs> I totally agree with you. Like, I, in fact, last night I just um, worked the Corn and Evanescence show. And... 84 degrees or something like that with 67 percent humidity it was oh, yeah it was just miserable so yeah 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 um so you know music video coming out getting out on the road for the darling fire you know perfect world obviously millions of dollars but perfect <laughs> world what does a perfect world of the darling fires music impact look like for you um being able to take the music to people all around the world um traveling and basically just doing this um and releasing more music and recording you know recording more albums um growing the music growing the sound um art growing artistically you know um i mean that's that's i guess any artist is just you're in the business of growth and that's, that's your goal is to grow every day, you know? Yeah. And the band is our, is our, our work of our art and that's what we do. So that's, that's the plan. Grow the art. Yeah. 
No, and I, I love that you keep referring to it as art. It obviously is, but it reminds me, I don't remember who said the, the quote, and I'm going to paraphrase it because otherwise I'll fuck it up, but <laughs> there was a, a quote that is basically, you know, art is never finished. And that's because you can always go back and add an element, tweak something. And, you know, music's a prime example of that. You know, one album is just a snapshot in time. Whereas, you know, especially with you guys on this, the the next album is this next step. And look at this new canvas that we're painting on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, that's what it is. It's, 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 it's a painting, you know, you're using your your minors and your major notes as warms and cool tones and creating contrast through color through audio, uh, which I it's weird because I see I see notes as color, which is weird when I'm writing music. I'm so used to doing art, right? That's that's how I do. But I mean, they're for me they're literal paintings, you know. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just it's it is art. It's a, it's a total art form. It's just it it, it it's it's a it. It's a picture that unfolds over time as opposed to a painting that just unfolds right in front of your face in one shot, you know? Yeah. So it's a really cool way to take somebody and through this wave of emotions, you know, through choruses and bridges and stuff, uh, nothing matches that, you know? Yeah. No, that's, I think, one of the better answers I've ever gotten on that because, you know, as an artist yourself in the quote-unquote traditional medium, um, it's cool to see that perspective and that thought process that, you know, these are, whether you're medically diagnosed with, uh, what's that called? Synesthesia or whatever, where you actually see the, the colors right. with audible, uh, sounds, but like, yeah. if you close your eyes, any, any listener, if you close your eyes and listen to the music, like you can see this imagery popping up yeah. in front of you. And that's what this is all about. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's. That and that's that then that's the essence of the song that I try to capture. You know, that's what I'm always looking for. You know, I'll I'll, I'll have to sit there and see what is it saying to me. What am I seeing? You know, it's weird how I just I, I converted to this like the sensory this other sensory organ besides my, you know, my my ears and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's 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 the essence. Is what can I make people see? What what can I have them feel? Can they feel what Jolie's saying? Can they feel what the guitar is doing? You know, yeah. and I, that's the most important. That's and and the thing is like you can capture that with just a power chord. You can capture that with just hitting a note. It's how you hit the notes and it's how you hit the chords. That's where the emotion lies and. And that's like the, the masterful kind of brushstroke that every artist kind of goes for, you know? Oops, I think I lost you again. Yep. There for you one go. second, right. you yeah. lost me. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I think you're absolutely right. Like the, everybody, everybody makes those connections in different ways. And I think it's, it's incredibly powerful when, you know, like you said, you can, kind of portray this emotion through power chord or, you know, a, a certain bit of lyrics or whatever. And I think that's the power of, of music because we make those connections and we can go, you know, man, when, when that breakdown hit, this is what I felt, you know, mm -hmm. and there's nothing else out there other than traditional art that you can look at and say, this is what I feel. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything else that can really take you back in time to right. a time in your life. You know, you would song comes on and you're like, oh, I know exactly what I was doing, you know, 20 years ago at this club or outside in this parking lot. Like, I know exactly what was going on. Something there, it just stays with you. And I don't, you know, for me, it, 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 you know, pictures, paintings, they, they don't really do that for me. Right. Music does, you know, yeah. and that is, it's magic, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say the only pictures that kind of do that for me, I do concert photography. So like mm -hmm. that kind of does, but it sure. still has that musical connection to it too, yeah. where I can look at one of the photos I've taken and I'm like, oh man, I remember that night. Yeah. But then like, as we're sitting here talking about it and I'm thinking about it, like, I don't know if it's really, the photo's just the trigger to the musical memory. You know what I mean? So right. like yep. when yep. I start thinking about that night, There you go. You're back. Yep. <laughs> um, I have Starlink internet, and sometimes it 
it gets a little spotty at night. But anyway, um, no, I was just saying though that the photo is is really the trigger to the musical yeah. memory. You know, yeah. like whoever that is that I took that photo of it. I don't care as much as much as I may love the photo. That's not the impact that it really has. Yeah, it's yeah. the musical trigger for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, talk a little bit about the uh, the partnership with Iodine Records. Um, obviously, a crazy, awesome label. You guys have some incredible band or you know label mates on that. But working with them to you know put out this album and kind of the the freedom that they give you, you know, something I've noticed with their roster is everybody says that, you know, they're just so supportive and they don't get in the way of creativity or, or, you know, the, the motions that you're needing. Yeah. Uh, Casey's awesome. I, Iodine has been an amazing label to be on. Um, we couldn't ask to be on a better label at this time in our careers. Um, they've really, you know, he's really supported us. He's supported the music. He's a big fan of the music. Um, he really believes in us. Um, I mean, that's what else can you possibly ask for than somebody that can support what you're doing, you know, and, and like yeah. really backs you, you know, and is out for your like well-being, you know, especially in this industry. It's like, you know, he, he Casey really does care. And that's just, we're very lucky to uh, be on iodine right now. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think kind of the, the way I want to wrap this up is one of the questions I've been asking, um, especially as someone has a, an album kind of, you know, on the verge of, of release here without getting in trouble, which this is going to go live right before the album. So I don't think you'll get in trouble. Mm-hmm. What are the it's a two part question. What's the song that you think people are going to, you know, hook into and gravitate with? And then what song that you want them to gravitate to? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I mean, there. Oh, geez. I don't know. I think Amber, I think Amber, which is a single that we just released, I think like a week and a half ago or a week ago. I think that song has a nice mix of kind of everything. It's heavy, but it's still dreamy and it's, I mean, I, th- I think that I love playing that one. That's really, that's definitely one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, I hope people really enjoy that one. Um, but then again, there's, there's also Rituals, which is, it's just a dark song. It's just a dark, brutal, like, I mean, not like, you know, you know, kick in the pit type, type song. You know what I mean? It's not like, like the slant, it's not like a dancing, but it's, it just has like a certain essence to it that has like a nice dark darkness to it that I love to play. Um, I hope people enjoy that one. Um, yeah, I mean, I think hers, hers people really like. I mean, when we played that song, we played that one live, that single, it's not released yet. Um, but we play that one and people seem to really enjoy that one. So yeah. that's really cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think there's something there for, for everyone. Um, and I hope, I just hope they really enjoy the album. That's, yeah. you know, what, what a more, uh, you know, you put art out there and see what happens. Yeah. So that's going to lead into my next question of, for me, the first time I listened to an album, the first couple times that I listened to an album, I'm a stickler. I have to listen to it front to back. Like that's the way the art is intended to be digested. How important is that? A for you in general, but B for this album specifically. Well, we we actually, you know, we took the time to really lay out the songs in an order that that seemed to fit, um, you know, to you know to their from one vibe to the next. We kind of wanted people to go on that journey. Um, so we we definitely the way the songs are placed on the album or ordered on the album is is specifically done. So if you're that type of person that you'd like to do that, that's awesome because we did that for you. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it, they're there. They're, they're, it, it suits its purpose of why they're in the order they're in. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so to kind of wrap up um, the, the kind of Furnace Fest question I want to ask you, uh, you know, circling back to that a little bit now, because... 
you know, we brought up Warp Tour and whatnot earlier. Who's the band on Furnace Fest that you're like, man, we have to try to watch them if we get the chance? Uh, I would like to see Sunday Day. Um, yep. and I've never seen them before. Um, I really wanted to see Gojira, but they dropped off. Um, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, um, who else? Uh, Poison the Well, I want to see. I haven't seen those guys in a long time. They're from South Florida. Yeah. Uh, haven't seen those guys in a long time. Um, who else? I like check out Spirit Box. I like to see them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think I think Sunny Day. I think Sunny Day is probably probably my my num- I guess because they're from they're from my time, you know. Right, right. Just and I can never see. I remember this. seeing their first video on 120 Minutes on yeah. MTV, and I was like, "Oh my, what is this? This is the best thing I've ever heard." Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're 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 I they're, they, they, that album was actually a really big influence on on me as a songwriter. So it's it's, it's really cool. Yeah, that is. I um you mentioned Gojira. I just got lucky enough to see them a couple months ago, maybe. Uh, I don't. I honestly, time is fucking weird, and I don't remember how long ago it's been now. But uh, they were on tour with the Deftones, and they came through, and I got to see them for the first time ever. Like I'd heard, you know, obviously heard the albums, I've watched the videos, but to see them live was a whole new experience. Oh yeah, they're 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 ridiculous. They're ridiculous. I mean, they put on a show. Uh, I'm a, I'm a huge Deftones fan too. I wish I could have seen that that show, yeah. but very few people come to Florida. You know, right. it's, it's like we live so far down. It's like people get out. Like, what's the point? It's hot and it's too far. No. Um, and your weather's bullshit. Like it just randomly fucking rains every day. So. <laughs> yeah. It's not cool, man. Florida's not cool. No. Um, but yeah, I would have loved to have seen that that tour. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I think that's everything I've got for you for this conversation. Um, I'm going to obviously link all the, the socials, the website, stuff like that. But what's the best way to interact with you guys online? What, you know, kind of what can fans expect? Um, they can interact with us on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, and yeah, you know, Jolie's always on there and she gets back to everybody. She loves talking to people. <laughs> that, that, that's her thing. So um yeah, Instagram, Facebook, that's that's the way you do it. Follow us on there and you get all the juicy updates and following us on Spotify, you know, all that stuff too. Yeah, that one's the underrated one. Like yeah. most bands forget to mention that one. And I think it's because it's not a social network, right? Like right. it is what it is. But I talk all the time about the power of that fucking algorithm. And the more oh. followers that you have on there, the more likely everything's ready to I mean that's I mean that's where I I I do a lot of my I listen to all my music on Spotify and pretty much I mean I I follow bands on there and you help them by doing that you know so it's you know help out other artists you know we're all starving so come on sometimes in the literal sense unfortunately (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, awesome man that's that's everything I've got for you I really appreciate you taking the time on this and um Definitely, I'm going to be promoting the new album for you guys and, and doing what I can there. Uh, and then hopefully, like I said, I probably am not going to be at Furnace Fest, but as tour announcements happen, you know, we'll see what we can do on that. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. Cool. Cool. Have a good one, man. You too, dude. Have a good night, man. Later. And that was my conversation with Geronimo of the band The Darling Fire. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Huge shout out to him for taking the time to have that conversation with me. Um, and you know, being just as, as cool as he was, you know, talking about the recording process and working with the engineers and, and producers and kind of what that process looks like for them. Um, I always love when an artist is is excited to talk about that stuff and he definitely was so um like i said huge shout out to him uh definitely want you guys to jump over to their social media instagram you know facebook whatever uh let them know that you heard this episode let them know that maybe this is where you discovered the darling fire or maybe there was something in this episode that you took away that you thought was really cool um 
they would love to hear it. They would love to hear it. Um, you know, any, any feedback around the album, which you guys need to go stream now that is out via iodine records. It is called distortions and you can find it anywhere that you stream music. Um, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, whatever. Um, so go make sure that you check that out. Um, and you know, give them a follow, a, a like and all of that help the analytics um follow them on spotify because again that's huge for artists as well and that's everything um on the you make the scene side i am working on a couple uh spooky season shirts um and designs so should have those up relatively soon i'm hoping i want to have them up you know, just as quick as I can so that you guys can get them in time for fall time spookiness. Uh, and you know, I think they're going to be kind of fun little designs. So really excited to bring those to you as always. Um, you know, you guys are so supportive and I really appreciate that. So be sure that you are sharing and liking the episodes uh, get it in front of your friends and family. All those sorts of things are super, super helpful. Um, even for me to book guests, you know, just like an artist, when they have more like name recognition, more streams, things like that, it's easier for them to get some of the opportunities with tours and, and you know, um, playlisting and, and things like that. Podcasting works very, very similar in that the more streams, the more likes, things like that, the easier it is to get artists. Uh, and, you know, I've been pretty transparent about this with you guys. I don't make any money on the podcast. Um, so it's not me trying to get more streams so that I get more plays so, so that I, in turn, make more money. Uh, the podcast is not monetized. I don't know if Spotify other than, uh, you know, Joe Rogan, I'm sure there's a few, but you know, most podcasters don't make any money on the actual podcast episodes themselves. It's all through our merch and things like that. So, uh, if you want to support us, that's the best way to do it. Um, I am working on, you know, like I said, a couple merch designs. So, um, we'll get those up just as soon as we can. And, you know, I'm looking forward to bringing you guys some really, really cool uh, conversations. I've got a few already um, that are recorded, and it's just going to be a little bit of time before they come out, but they are super dope. So thank you guys again so much. Uh, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene. <laughs>